Welcome to the Undercurrent Podcast. I'm your host, Liana Lumawig, life coach, surfer, and ex-corporate girl living in Bali. I've been in unfulfilling jobs and relationships that used to drain my energy and confidence to the point where I was miserable. If you can relate, this podcast is for you. I'm here to tell you that you don't have to stay stuck and settle for anything less than what makes you happy. You can choose how to work, love, and live on your terms. And this podcast will show you how. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Undercurrent Podcast. It's just you and me today. It's been a while since I've hosted a solo podcast, and I'm just really excited to share this topic around limiting beliefs with you today. This is an essential topic when we're talking about personal growth and one that I bring up with every single one of my clients and students. And I believe that in order to get what we truly want in life, we need to be aware of what our limiting beliefs are as a first step. I had a short love affair with mountain biking before I moved to Bali. And this was around the time of my spiritual awakening back in 2014, 2015, where... I started doing a lot of things on my own. I started trying a lot of new things. I would go on trips by myself. I would start reading a lot of books that I wouldn't normally read before then. And mountain biking was one of the things that I got into. And I would do it solo and with some friends sometimes. I loved how free I felt in nature, how badass it was to speed down the mountain on rugged terrain, and how accomplished I felt after a session. But every time I encountered a bridge on the trail, no matter which trail it was on or how slow or fast I would approach it, I would always fall off the bridge. And some of these falls were not pretty. Like I would fall from pretty high places and I got so many scrapes and bruises from that season. It, it was pretty painful. I think this is because whenever I approached a bridge, I focused more on falling versus making it to the other side successfully. And the fear that I developed each time I approached a bridge grew and grew, fueling the idea that I always fall off bridges whenever I go mountain biking. So this was a limiting belief that I had that brought on a lot of physical pain and suffering. And every time I went mountain biking, it's something that just always happened. There's a perfectly good explanation for this and why this kept happening, which I'll get more into later. But I just wanted to illustrate that we have so many beliefs that serve us and other beliefs that bring suffering into our lives. So today, I'm just going to focus on the topic of limiting beliefs, what they are, why they're important to pay attention to, and how we can change these narratives to create the life we truly want. What are limiting beliefs anyway? They're truths in our mind that were formed from a young age. And in order for us to change our negative beliefs, we've got to get a deeper understanding of how the mind works. So our limiting beliefs are stored in our subconscious mind, which is part of the mind that not all of us are aware of. So if you're not really aware of the subconscious mind, here are seven characteristics of what the subconscious mind does. Number one. It's the non-analytical part of your brain. So it's more about feelings and instincts. Number two, it's the data bank for everything. So it stores your beliefs, your skills, memories, experiences. 
every time when you have an idea or an emotion, a memory or an image from the past, this is the subconscious mind communicating to your conscious mind. I'll get more into the conscious mind in just a little bit. The subconscious mind makes up around 95% of your brain power and handles everything your body needs to function properly. So it keeps your heart beating, your digestion, your circulation, and your breathing. Four, not only does it keep you alive by making sure your organs and your circulation works, but it also tries to protect you from things that it perceives as life-threatening, which actually aren't, like fears of being rejected by a romantic partner or friends going for a big scary promotion, or public speaking and being vulnerable in front of a crowd. That's why when we get into these situations, our body tenses up and we get nervous. It's our subconscious mind trying to talk to us and communicate with our conscious brain saying that is dangerous, even though we know that our lives are not at stake, but it feels like it. (laughs) Five, everything that you see in real life on a screen, or even in a dream, is considered real by the subconscious mind. Have you ever dreamt about something your partner did to make you angry, like catching them cheating in your dreams? (laughs) And you wake up and you feel angry at them, even though they didn't do anything. (laughs) This is your subconscious mind at work. And six, it can't process negative words. If I tell you, don't think of the ocean, what do you do? Of course, Are you thinking of the ocean right now? (laughs) Negative comments like don't aren't processed by the subconscious mind. And number seven, the habitual thinking of your conscious mind establishes deep grooves in your subconscious mind, which means that the more that you think positive thoughts, thoughts that serve your purpose, you can communicate with your subconscious mind to steer your life in that direction because your subconscious mind is way more powerful and controls a lot of your behavior. Your conscious mind, on the other hand, different from the subconscious, it's part of the mind that we're usually referring to when we talk about the mind. This is more of the thinking, the analytical, the reasoning, the executive part of the brain. So let me give you an analogy that might help make sense of the differences between the subconscious and the conscious. So there are times in my life when I got really ambitious and wanted to get up super early in the morning and work out before work. So before bed, my conscious mind, the executive part of my brain, would be the one in the driver's seat and set the alarm for like 5 a.m. I'd even lay my workout clothes out next to my bed and have my bag all packed and ready to go. So all I had to do was get dressed and run out the door. But by the time I hear my alarm ring, you guys know what happened. You guys already know the end of the story. (laughs) It's all dark and cold outside. My bed's super warm and comfy with my blanket and pillows. And I'm thinking, why on earth would I want to get out of bed and torture myself with a crazy hard workout right now? So I'd snooze and snooze way too many times, which comes from my subconscious part of my mind. The emotional part, the one that keeps me alive and away from scary and uncomfortable workouts. And eventually, I'd feel bad for missing the workout, and then I'd try to do it all over again the next night or the next night. It seems pretty crazy, right? How I, the same person who had set the alarm, just hours later, refused to wake up. But we all do this. I know you've probably done this too many times to count, just like me. So what was going on in the scenario The desire I had to stay in bed was stronger than the belief I had about myself 
as someone who worked out early in the morning. This is really important stuff because it's life-changing. It can change your lives in positive or negative ways. Have you heard the quote, what you choose to focus on becomes your reality? Yes, our thoughts and our beliefs control our behavior, which does become our reality. And if we want to change our current reality, we've got to learn how to work with our mind, and it starts with limiting beliefs. Our subconscious mind is like soil, which accepts any kind of seed, good or bad. So if you have positive beliefs about yourself, like I am worthy of love and belonging, you'll generate those results in your life. And if you believe that relationships equate to suffering, and that's what you'll experience in your life. Because once your subconscious mind accepts an idea, it begins to execute it. So I was in this quasi-relationship with a man who was also seeing another woman for way too long. Yes, I don't seem like the type of person who would accept that behavior, but I used to be. I used to have a limiting belief about myself so that I would attract and accept behavior like this from men. I didn't know that he was seeing another woman when we were first starting to date. Everything seemed amazing. He, he worked for himself. He was athletic. He was a beautiful man, inside and out. He was kind, but he was also inconsistent, and it made me feel really anxious. And I did have a feeling like something was off, but I accepted the behavior. I accepted the inconsistent messages that he was sending. So we were out in Tulum back in, I don't know, 2010. And everything was just beautiful about the trip. It was really romantic. It was gorgeous, really serene waters. And we were exploring and adventuring together. But I just also felt like something was off. Like I couldn't really sink in to the beauty of the trip and to the relationship, whatever it was, because we didn't even call it a relationship. I remember we were about to take an hour drive to the next place that we were going to stay at and he had his laptop up and I saw a conversation between him and this other woman and just my heart sank and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. So we were on this hour long drive and I'm just flooded with so many different emotions. I'm feeling anxiety. I'm feeling panic, confusion, betrayal. I I didn't know what to do or say. And I had to coach myself in that moment because I was trying to, to be my best friend here. It's like, what would I say to my best friend? Part of me just wanted to flash and, and be like, who is she? <laughs> your typical, your typical like TV show scenario or Jerry Springer scenario and just flash on this person. But I didn't because we never really said what we were. Have you ever been in those types of relationships where you end up dating and you're like, you don't know what you are, but you're too afraid to bring up the what are we conversation? In retrospect, if I wanted to know, then I should have just asked. But I didn't. So I never brought it up because I didn't believe that I was worthy of a loving relationship. I believed that relationships equaled suffering because it was something that was just maybe modeled to me. 
Relationships are difficult. These are things that were stored in my subconscious mind. And then I went off and started modeling that behavior and started dating multiple people at the time too. (laughs) You know, when I got back as a defense mechanism, I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to see other people. And for a long time, I had a whacked out view of what relationships were. And it took me a long time to heal this pattern of unhealthy relationships and and really changing my beliefs about relationships and my worthiness and what I deserve. So here are some examples of negative beliefs that might be impacting your life. There aren't any good men out there, so why even date? I'm not a gym person, so I can't work out. I'm not good with money, or money's evil, so I choose not to make a lot, or I unconsciously choose not to make a lot. We feed our subconscious these stories that are ultimately self-fulfilling. Let's take a look at the limiting belief of good men are hard to find. If you go into the world, into the dating world with that perspective, the men that you go on dates with are going to feel it. They're going to feel that you are viewing them in a bad light, that they've got to prove themselves to you, that they are good. It's not going to go well. They're not going to feel good when they feel judged by you right off the bat. Of course, they're going to show up in ways that aren't loving or warm or open because we're not loving, warm or open. I've been there. (laughs) We've been hurt before by some people who were unkind and who did take advantage, who obviously weren't ready for a loving and committed relationship. So we might have our heart closed for a while. We might have our guard up. But if we go into the dating world that way, it enforces the feedback loop of good men are hard to find because it's going to instigate that behavior from other people. Keep in mind if you're doing this in any part of your life. There is hope though. Like I grew up with the limiting belief of always having to do everything on my own. So I never asked for help in my business, around the house, and even in my relationships. And I started burning out. I started being in toxic or codependent relationships. And I just wasn't happy with myself. And after a while, I just got tired of it. And I decided to make it a focus to heal this belief. And it changed. Instead of doing everything on my own, now I've got a support system. I've got a team of people to help me with my business. My partner actually helps me around the house and with my business as well. And so supportive. And I've got a lot of friends who are just showing up and want to support me too. And I'm more aligned with the person that I want to be now that I have support and have healed this limiting belief. Everything feels lighter, more joyful, easy, and flowy. So you're probably wondering, how do we change our limiting beliefs? Here are the steps. Number one, get clear on what your stories are. If you don't know where to start, you can think about the different areas in your life where you're not 100% satisfied. Is it money? Is it relationships? Is it your career? Then you can ask yourself, what's holding me back here? Get quiet, meditate on it, 
journal about it, and see what flows from there. Number two, ask yourself, what are you getting out of these stories? Let's just say that you have a belief that you're not good enough unless you look perfect. I definitely had this belief back a few years ago where I believed that I couldn't walk out of the house without having perfect hair, makeup, and everything. I used to you know, be really uncomfortable with some of the clothes I wore and the heels I wore, but I felt like I needed to do that because I wasn't worthy of stepping out of the house unless I looked like that. The benefit I got from looking this way was attention and pretty privilege. So guys would buy me drinks and ask for my number and we'd go on really nice dates and it was fun and all, but honestly, it didn't give me what I ultimately wanted to be seen and loved for who I am and to have real connection. Number three is find evidence to prove your old beliefs wrong. I remember walking my dog back in San Francisco during one of my days off, so I wasn't all glammed up, looking all perfect. And I noticed that there were more people who said hello to me on this particular day than other days when I had a full face of makeup on. And it was probably because I looked way more approachable when I looked like a normal person versus a walking Instagram filter. But this was the evidence I needed to change the belief that I wasn't good enough unless I looked perfect that I was able to connect more with people even without the full glam. Number four is rewrite your story. So you can rewrite your story at any time. When I was in college, I got a job at Best Buy. If you guys are not familiar with Best Buy, it's like a big electronic store that sells TVs and computers and household appliances. All the employees wore this really bright royal blue shirt and khakis. And uh, yeah, lots of memories in that, in that time of my life. But back then, I was way more competitive and gutsy. So when the hiring manager told me that the computer department was the highest paying department, I told him that I definitely wanted to work there. Even though I had no idea what I was doing and what a computer megabyte was. <laughs> But my fake it till you make it confidence sold the manager. I walked out of the store beaming with pride. And then I got to a private place and called my dad, who did know a thing about computers. So I dialed his number. It rang. And the first thing I said was, Dad, what's a megabyte? <laughs> he laughed. and uh, But hey, you know, I ended up being the number one salesperson in that department and became one of the trainers for the team training people on what megabytes were and, and, and lots more, obviously. So you can rewrite your story. Just because I didn't know a thing at all about computers, I was able to change that story and identify with someone who did, who was actually an expert in selling computers at the time. So as women, we go for jobs that we're 100% qualified for, typically. And men, they go for jobs even if they only have 60% of the qualifications. So you don't have to wait until you know it all before you go for something. Just because you don't know something now doesn't mean you can't learn. With the internet and technology now, you can learn anything. There's so many random things that you can learn on the internet. So you can rewrite your story at any time. 
This topic is near and dear to my heart, and learning about it has changed my life in so many positive ways. I wanted to leave you with my favorite Paulo Coelho quote, which I think is really relevant to this topic. And when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it. And I truly believe that because when we want something so bad, we think about it incessantly. And when we think about something in our conscious mind over and over again, it communicates to our subconscious mind, which is even more powerful, right? And when our subconscious mind is on board with what we really want, it steers our life in that direction and it creates our reality. So what's something that you truly want in your life? What's a direction that you want to steer your life in? How can you use these exercises and these practices to get you where you want to go? If you're craving more of this work, I've got something special I've been working on for you. It's a free three-part mini training series called How to Get Clear on Your Purpose to Live a Fulfilling Life. So stay tuned for my announcement on social media. You can keep updated on at The Undercurrent Podcast and at Liana Lumawig. Thanks for listening, my friends, and I will see you again next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Undercurrent Podcast. If we're not yet connected on Instagram, give me a follow at Liana Lumawig and at The Undercurrent Podcast for more tips on how to design your life on your terms, or if you'd like to reach out, visit lianalumawig.com or you can always DM me on Instagram at The Undercurrent Podcast. Take care, my friends, and see you next week.